I want you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, just real quick. Ephesians chapter 4, and I just want you to look at a couple of verses real quick. We looked at these last week, or recently. Verse 13 says, Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then I want you to look down at verse... uh, 15, and he says, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. And the point is that when you read those verses, there is clearly growth expected on the part of those who know Jesus. He doesn't expect us to stay in exactly the same place. Christianity, in fact, means for Christians that we grow to be like Christ. And the fact is, there's a whole sermon there. We could talk about what it means to grow to be like Christ. But this morning, I just want to make the point that we're to grow toward maturity. And so if you were to turn, and you don't have to do this right now, but I want you to listen to what I have to say from 1 Corinthians 13, 11. Just listen to this. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see a bit poor in a reflection as a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I'm fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And it's pretty clear that the writer is talking about moving toward being more and more loving. Like there's growth involved here, becoming more what God wants us to be. In fact, he says just up above that, these words. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Which makes you think that it's those who haven't grown who just sound like clanging noise. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. And I could add some things to this. I could say, if I can quote large portions of scripture and know my Bible backwards and forwards, but have not love, my knowledge is wasted. If I'm an expert in biblical doctrine and have a Ph.D., but do not love, it's the same as knowing nothing. If I make lots of money and have all the world's finest possessions, but have not love, I have nothing. If I'm esteemed by those in the world because of my skills and understanding, but don't have love, I am nothing. If I have the nicest clothes, if I'm the most beautiful among my peers, and I can holiday in the Bahamas anytime I like, but I haven't grown to love most of all, then what I have counts for nothing. Because we're supposed to grow to maturity. And therefore, we're supposed to move toward love. 
So that's kind of the first major point this morning. God wants us to grow. And he wants us to grow in a very specific way. He wants us to grow to become more loving people. Now I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 5. Just back one book from Ephesians. And I want you to look down at verse 16. And I'm going to read again here kind of a lengthy piece. I'm going to read down through verse 25. But this is important, important stuff. Paul writes and says, So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under law. The works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so that's one way of living, clearly not the way in which we're supposed to grow. Then he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then he says something interesting. He says, against such things there is no law. We'll talk about that in a moment. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And so we're supposed to grow. And I would say there is a definite direction in which we're supposed to grow And we just read it. These attributes of the Spirit's work in our lives are supposed to be the way in which we're supposed to grow. Here's a sapling. It's a nice little tree. But when you look at this tree, there's something missing. And what's missing, of course, is the fruit. And the reason why is because it's just a sapling. Something definitely needs to happen to move this sapling to being a fruit-producing tree. And what needs to happen is that this sapling needs to grow. Now, there's a lot of things that are going to produce growth in the sapling. It needs to have the nourishment that it needs. It needs to have the soil that it needs. All these, it needs to have sunlight. Lots of things need to be there in order for that sapling to grow. It needs to have oxygen. But the sapling needs to grow. Nobody plants a tree and thinks to themselves, I hope this tree just stays exactly the size as it is right now. I hope it never grows. Or at least no one expects that. You plant a tree and you expect the tree to grow. And that's exactly what God wants for us. He wants us to not stay where we are. He wants us to grow. He wants us, in fact, to be fruit producers. And so how is it 
that growth is going to take place. And I want to do this this morning from Galatians chapter 5 with a couple of contrasts. And the first contrast is this. We grow when we move from law living to spirit living. The text specifically says, but if you're led by the spirit, you're not under law. And what I want to say is, is that law keeping itself, trying to be what God wants us to be and to grow in this way is in fact an inhibiting factor in our growth rather than something that benefits us. And this is not the way that we usually think. Like I think a lot of times when we in the church, we think, well, there are there's certain standards of behavior to which I need to adhere. I need to live up to this. And so now that I have these standards clearly laid out in front of me, I will work really hard to keep up to those standards and become what God wants me to be by keeping these standards. I keep the rules and by keeping those rules, I'm to become what God wants me to be. But that seems to be exactly the opposite of what Paul is saying in Galatians chapter five. He wants us instead to live by the spirit, he says, and then become what he wants us to be. Last week in class, if you were in my class on Sunday morning, we talked about worship. And we were talking about how when we are really worshiping the way that God wants us to worship, that there are not five acts of worship that we're going to keep and follow. That there's no list of ten or seven. We can't delineate all the things that we're supposed to do in worship and then tick them off as we do them and say at the end, now we have worshipped. Because worship comes not from a list of things that you do. It comes from a heart that you are. It comes from an attitude, a giving up of the self to God. It's completely in contrast to the listing of the things that we're supposed to do and tick them off. That's the old way. That's what comes out of the law. And we don't live by the law. We serve, Paul would say in Romans 7, 6, by the new way of the spirit. And so we worship and we live in a way different than the law keeping. The spirit creates. The flesh legislates. Ultimately, love is not love. If it is simply the keeping of a command, we were talking about this just the other night in our life group. In John 13, Jesus sets forth an example to the disciples. And he washes their feet. And he says to them, a new commandment I give to you. That you should love one another. But have you ever thought about whether or not that commandment's really new? Love one another. Had, had Jesus was the first one to ever say that? That had never been there in God's word before? Well, of course, the answer is that that's silly. It is true that in Matthew 22, verse 34 and following, and by the time you get down to verse 39, Jesus says things like, these are the two greatest commands, and this one is just like the one to love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. But you know where love your neighbor as yourself comes from? Leviticus 19.18. Like, I can't think of any more legislative place in all of the Old Testament than Leviticus 19. You go to Leviticus 19, and it is nothing but a bunch of rules that you're supposed to keep. And right in the middle of that, it says, and love your neighbors yourself. And so if Jesus in John 13 is saying, I'm giving you a new commandment, 
And that new commandment looks just like it came out of Leviticus 19.18. Then what's so new? Certainly not just the commandment to love one another. But instead, the newness comes from the perspective that brings about the love. And no longer can we say things like, and we do this, you know that you do this. You say, well, I know I'm supposed to love him, but I don't like him. You know, Bill is a pain in my neck. And I can't stand being around that guy. But I'm supposed to love him, I will. And so I'll treat him well. I'll be kind to him. Man. It's hard for me to imagine that that's the attitude with which God wants us to love each other. You know the word, you know the word perfunctory? Perfunctory means to do something, to just get it done. And so I say to Dustin, Dustin, I want you to uh, teach the teenagers this week. And he says, okay, I guess it's my job. And he does it. No enthusiasm whatsoever. Doesn't care whether anything productive comes out of it. Dawson's looking at Dustin and thinking, is that the way you teach us? <laughs> well, of course not. Like, we don't want Michael just going through the motions up here. We want something to be in his heart. Otherwise, it's just perfunctory. And God doesn't want us to just do or to be loving others in that way. And so he wants us to grow and he wants us to move from law living to spirit living. In fact, I want you to notice Paul's specific language here. Notice this. Look in verse 19 of Galatians 5 and the words that are used to describe the works of the flesh. It says the works of the sinful nature are the works of the sinful nature. But look what it says when it gets to verse 22 to talk about the fruit of the spirit. It doesn't call them works. It says the fruit of the Spirit is. We produce sinful works. Fruit is a product of growth in the Spirit or brought about by the Spirit. Every time Paul uses the words works in Scripture, it's related to the sinful nature. But when we talk about fruit, we talk about what God does in us. One is a product of effort. One is the outgrowth of a prepared, cultivated heart. So we're always say that we're not saved by works. We see that. And so you're not going to be saved by working out these qualities in your life. But you will have them when the Spirit begins to work in you the kind of freedom that the Spirit wants to work. Look back at the start of Galatians chapter 5 and read the first verse. What does it say? It is for freedom that Christ Jesus has set you free. Look at verse 13. You, my brothers, were called to be free. And so when the Spirit begins to create in our hearts the kind of life that God wants us to live, it's an experience of freedom, not an experience of law. It's an experience of life. And you just can't legislate this kind of life. 
with this. There are no rules that we need to keep. There's a life that we need to live. Rules are for children. Rules are for the immature. Freedom in the spirit is the lifestyle style of the mature. Did I say immature, immature just, or mature just a moment ago? Immaturity is for children. Maturity is for those who live a lifestyle in Christianity. And this is the contrast that Paul makes in Galatians chapter 5. There's another contrast that Paul makes, and it's this. We grow when we move from fleshly character to the character shaped by the Spirit. And he tells us the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it makes perfect sense that this morning we would just ask the question, is that me? Have I grown to be that? We've made the point before that this is not plural fruit. There is one fruit here with lots of characteristics and we're supposed to be that. And it totally rings true with the growth that we're supposed to achieve in Ephesians 4 and in 1 Corinthians 13 as we reach the epitome of love as the preeminent virtue. In fact, Paul lists love here first as the Greeks would typically do in order to say this is the greatest of those. They'd either put it first or last. In this case, it's listed first. This is the greatest of those virtues. And so those who live free in the spirit will love and they will produce joy and peace and kindness, etc. And I can tell you something else this morning that kind of, um, in many ways, this breaks my heart. The fact is, is that the people that have said the meanest things to me, the people that have been the most unloving in the way they've treated me and talked to me in the last 30 or 40 years are the people in the church. And it's not because they're bad people. It's because they have not been as open to the Spirit living within them as they need to be. It's because they need to grow. When I've spoken an unloving word and been behaved in an unloving way, when I've been angry and bitter instead of filled with joy, when I've anxiously snapped at someone instead of being patient, when I've been gruff or mean instead of kind, when I've been harsh in the away and I've spoken to someone in, in such a way that I'm not being gentle, when I've lost my temper or had an uncontrolled tongue instead of being self-controlled, I've acted like an immature child walking in the flesh instead of keeping in step with the Spirit. Sometimes those of us who have been Christians a long time act like spiritual babies. Sometimes we act that way because we still think that Christianity is about fulfilling certain rules and legislation. 
But the fact is you can't produce fruit with rules and laws. The fruit of love comes from a movement in the heart by the spirit. And anywhere that we have downplayed the ministry of the spirit in our lives and in our churches, what we're going to see is just that kind of ungodly behavior. So we have a question this morning about this tree. Are we going to stay saplings? Are we going to remain infants? Are we going to be immature in the ways in which we deal with other people? And even in the ways in which we have within ourselves God's presence. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and all those things. Faithfulness and gentleness, self-control. Those are supposed to be who we are. And when we're not, it's because we are immature without the spirit living within us as he should. And so are we open? Are we open to being changed to the spirit working within us and allowing us to become the people that God really wants us to be? Because that's what he wants. He wants this. He wants us to be bountiful, bountiful fruit producers for him. We tend to be here. God wants us here. Are you open to the spirit working within you? And producing in you the fruit that he wants to produce. It's a question not of, are you going to try hard and get something done? It's a question of, are you willing to open your heart to God? And let him do this within you. Let's pray. We are so grateful, Lord, this morning for the way in which your spirit works within us. We know you want us to grow. And we know we don't have to stay where we are. We know that you want from us fruit. And we absolutely believe that you can produce that in us. Father, open our hearts. Help us to focus on you, the presence of your spirit in our lives, and the transformation that comes to us by being free in the spirit. It's through Christ that we pray. Amen.